Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Thursday, July 13th. It is five minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there as well, Casey Daniels 317. And we're both on the YouTube. Type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. Hey, it's National French Friday. So uh, happy National French Friday if you're going to get some of those. But uh, let's talk about... Christopher Ray's special day. He had a special day. He was uh, sitting before the House Judiciary Committee and he answered questions for about five hours. That's a long day to be grilled by the House Judiciary Committee. I don't know if you noticed. Did you? You probably didn't watch the whole thing. Uh, but he he was blinking a lot. It was really distracting to me. Like he was making a lot of weird uh, facial expressions, and I'm sure it was partly because he was tired and partly because he was sick of the question. But he was grilled. He took a lot of questions from uh, members of that committee. And it it ran, it run the gamut from everything from the political weaponization of his bureau, uh, weaponizing it against Donald Trump and other GOP members. And it went all the way into the investigation into Joe Biden and his family. Well, look, law enforcement in this country, and I say this as to be very clear i'm not saying about individual people who are part of law enforcement but i'm saying the leadership of law enforcement in this country especially at a federal level is an absolute mess and again there are many many great people who work in various forms of law enforcement at all sorts of levels and yet they are painted with a broad brush because of the behavior and mandates of the people in charge. And in this case, it is irrefutable. There is irrefutable evidence that the FBI has been weaponized in, in coordination with the Department of Justice against people they simply don't like, whether it is the somebody is unknown to the public as a parent attending a local school board meeting all the way up to Donald Trump, the former president of the United States. And I thought this was a fascinating little uh, song and dance that Christopher Ray, the director for the FBI, tried to do uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Representative Wesley Hunt. He's a he's a U.S. rep from Texas, a Republican. And he tried to just dance around. How is it possible that Trump is under indictment and being fast-tracked for trial? Yep. And yet Joe Biden, who did the same thing, and in this case, maybe even worse, based on the fact that he had stuff from when he was a senator, sure. and there is no defense of having that. At least Trump, whether you agree with it or not, can say, I, I did. was president. Right. Uh, and Wesley Hunt, representative from Texas, was having none of it. What can you tell us about the status of the FBI's investigation of President Biden's classified documents found next to his Corvette in Delaware and those found at the Penn Biden Center? Do we have an update on that, sir? 
What I can tell you is that there is an ongoing special counsel investigation led by Mr. Robert Herr, uh, and we have FBI agents uh, affiliated with it, working on it, working very actively and aggressively with him on that case. Um, I obviously disagree with your description of the two standards. In my view, we, at least under my watch, we have one standard, okay. uh, and that is we're going to pursue the facts wherever they lead, no matter who likes it. And I add that last part because especially in sensitive investigations, mm -hmm. almost by definition, somebody's not going to like it. So I understand, and that's actually why I led with the sentiment of the American people. I understand that, that, and, that's and your so, sentiment. So, so let me, to, I, I do want to finish this. So, so I want everybody to talk about this dichotomy that we have seen. I, and I, I get your point, sir, but that's just not what we see as the public, as we the people. We see one case being fast-tracked and one case being slow-walked. We see one president's home being raided, the other president's home being kindly searched. You have one government agency, the Secret Service, protecting the former president and his home, and another government agency, the FBI, raiding the same home. Now, to me, sir, that's tragically ironic. And we expect more from a functional constitutional republic, and these things shouldn't be happening. Boom, roasted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, though. He was asked during the five hours, Trump handpicked him as the FBI director. And Ray sat there and he denied any suggestion that he was biased against Trump. And he was asked specifically about it. So Trump handpicked you as the FBI director. And he said, yeah. And uh, Christopher Ray, he's a registered Republican. And they said, well, we hope you don't change your party affiliation after this. But people, again, and I hope we have made this clear over the years on this show, this whole, it used to be you could look at somebody and go, well, he's a this or he's a mm -hmm. that and have an idea. In most cases, these Republicans are every bit as awful as the Democrats. If you're a conservative or a liberty-minded person, or you care about justice or fairness, the Republicans are every bit as detrimental to that as the Republicans, or uh, as the Democrats. The Republicans want to put their hand on the scale the same way the Democrats do. They just want it to ben benefit the people that they like I think yesterday when we had Curtis Hill on, it was a fascinating conversation, and he said something that is that is absolutely true. If you want to have a bunch of establishment millionaires and rich people and connected people mm -hmm. keep putting their thumb on the scale to help themselves, and I'm again paraphrasing what he said, but put their thumb on the scale to help themselves at the expense of you, as we have seen happen time and time again under Holcomb Hupfer Incorporated, who are wholly bought and owned by very rich connected people, then you vote for Suzanne Crouch. You vote for those people. Mm -hmm. If you want to make a difference, if you actually want to put yourself first, if you actually want to have a fighting chance, you got to vote for someone different. And that is what the Republicans are. They're no better in most cases than the Democrats. They just want to put their thumb on the scale against you to help a different group of people. I thought one of the best parts was when Matt Gates read out the 2017 message from Hunter Biden to his Chinese business partner. And Matt Gates was saying, this is a shakedown, right? And then Christopher Ray didn't acknowledge that and then matt gates was like what you're not even commenting on this right you're really uncurious about it <laughs> suspiciously uncurious and that's when he asked him are you protecting the bidens and christopher ray of course responded that no he was not you know i just realized this as i was going through our template because um, I write little descriptions when I put the, you know, mm -hmm. we come up with each segment, what we're going to kind of talk about. And I put little descriptions and I realized this, 
that the number one thing I kept putting when describing these Christopher Ray clips on refuses? almost every, it refuses to say. Refuses I just to realized say. that. Like, yeah. Well, that was the whole five hours. He wouldn't give an answer. He just say, I can't comment on that. All right. I'm not commenting on that. Well, speaking of refuses to say, here's mm-hmm. Christopher Ray, director of the FBI, refusing to say who at the FBI ordered social media companies to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. Representative Harriet Hagman, she was not buying it. Uh, director Way, you and I both know that the federal government is forbidden from doing indirectly what it cannot do directly. In other words, neither you nor the FBI have any legal authority to circumvent the First Amendment by using a surrogate to do your dirty work. Yet that is exactly what you have been doing. The Bureau, under your watch, has been using proxies to violate the First Amendment. Were you the person who gave the orders to use these social media companies to violate the First Amendment, violate Americans' First Amendment rights? Again, I don't agree with your description of our engagement with so social who, media companies. So, so who made the decision to use social media companies as a proxy to suppress the First Amendment rights of American citizens? Because I don't believe that's what we did, I'm not sure there's anyone that would have made such a decision. Do you really expect the American public to believe that you were not involved in the decisions related to using social media companies to suppress the First Amendment rights of, of, of American citizens? I, I can't help what people will believe or not. I can only speak to what the facts are okay so if they didn't do it why did the biden administration appeal that injunction from the judge saying don't meet with social media companies and everybody knows they did it casey yeah. mark zuckerberg admitted under well, yeah. oath that they did it and and jen Psaki stood bef- behind the podium saying that they were talking with social media companies <laughs> and, and i come back to you i don't know who told us to do that i come back to what my good nameless friend who is very well thought of in state government and we will not say because he would be just absolutely ridiculed beyond belief for publicly associating with me told me and it is so true that covid taught the government and this is why from the very beginning if you've been a longtime listener to this radio show or this time slot from the very beginning i was shouting to people do not give in do not comply do not do not let the government do this you have to write them you have to call them you have to beg them you have to do whatever do not do not do not do not let them get away with this under the guise of public health or whatever what covid taught the government whether i'm talking elected people or appointed people is that we can do whatever we want and the American public is either too weak or apathetic or fearful to push back against us. And that includes Christopher Ray mm-hmm. knowingly. There's no way he doesn't know what the FBI did and he'll just lie because he looks at it as, well, what's going to happen to me? Sure. If nobody did anything when people took your jobs or your livelihoods or let cities burn to the ground... You think people are going to care about the FBI director telling a tall tale in front of Congress? No, of course not. Okay, so finally, they were asking about what happened on January 6th, and were there FBI agents planted there? And guess what? Refuses to say. He <laughs> has asserted that the protest crowd was filled with federal agents. Um, are you aware of his assertion? I am not. Um, would you agree with him that it was filled with federal agents? 
on January 6th? I, I would really have to see more closely exactly what he said and get the full context to be able to evaluate it. How many agents were actually uh, agents or uh, human resources were present in the Capitol complex and vicinity on January 6th? Well, again, it's going to get confusing because it depends on when we, we deployed and responded to the breach uh, that occurred. How, how, Obviously, how many, there were, how many there were, were under federal agents? Sure. Uh, Go, no, yeah, you're talking, you, you, and you and I both know what we're talking different things here. And and I, please don't don't distract here because we're focusing on the, those who were there in an undercover capacity on January 6th. How many were there? Uh, again, I, I'm not sure that I can give you that number as I sit here. I'm not sure there were undercover agents uh, on scene. You, I'm, I find that kind of a remarkable statement, Director. At this point, you don't know whether there were undercover federal agents, FBI agents, in the crowd or in the Capitol on January 6th. I I say that because I want to be very careful. There have been a number of court filings related to some of these topics, and uh, I want to make sure that uh, I stick within what's in. Uh -huh. Ah, there it is. You know, it, so the, I've got to CYA, cover my you-know-what. So, yeah, think about this. And he got caught, right? Because mm -hmm. initially it was, I'm not sure, and then it was... Well, they were talking about a timeline. Well, I have to be careful because if you're talking at 12 o'clock, no. But if you're talking at 12.14, yes. If you're talking at 2.15... Maybe even more. It, it depends on what time of day. Everybody knows there were FBI plants in that crowd. Everybody knows what took place on January 6th. And the idea that, I mean, there have been all sorts of federal hearings and everything else on January 6th. We were told it's the most significant event in American history, the darkest day in American history. And the FBI director doesn't know. How where, many? Yeah. Right. Get, get lost. Yeah. It's 18 minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And you'll be. <laughs> in a world of pure imagination. 21 minutes after 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You're turning violet, violet. Don't know if you heard about this, but Timothy Chalamet, he's ready to head to the world of pure imagination. He's Who? An, Timothy Chalamet is his name. He's an Oscar-nominated oh. actor. He's well. set to star as the iconic inventor and chocolate maker in Wonka. Okay, so time out. So I saw a preview for this. I don't know yeah. what I was watching, something YouTube or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I thought they redid. They did with Johnny Depp. So what they did with the Johnny Depp movie is they just completely remade the original, right? Right. This is going to be like a prequel oh, where no. the story is going to focus on a young Willy Wonka oh, and his no. adventures prior to opening the world's most famous so chocolate So this is going to be, they didn't they do this with the Wizard of Oz where they, several years ago, they made... And Oz, because the the Wizard of Oz was a series of books, right? I mean, the the actual you know Wizard. I assume most people know this, but maybe not. The Wizard of Oz was actually a series of books, and there was like a lead up to the Wizard of Oz. And then didn't they didn't they remake? Kev, can you like look this up? Wasn't there an Oz movie or something where they made? A, a one of the books into a movie, which was like a prequel to Did The they? Wizard of Oz, to actually understand about The Wizard of Oz. I'm like 99 and a half percent sure that there was an Oz movie that came out a couple years well, ago. Well, this is the same thing. It's going to be the adventures of Willy Wonka before he became the chocolate, yes, uh, the candy. Maker. Oh yes, I'm totally right. Mm -hmm. Why did this take you so long? Are I found this in two seconds. Oz, the great and powerful. Yeah, I just found it. Yeah, <laughs> no, thank you. What a huge help. Yeah, so I was uh, trying, and I, of course, obviously didn't see it. But why? 
Well, I mean, I know why. There's so many unanswered questions. Oh, well, yes. you know why, because they want to make some money, right? Um, but I'm curious, is this going to be like how he meets the Oompa Loompas? Okay, so my question this would be, again, the Oz books, mm-hmm. there were actual books that were the Wizard of Oz series. Sure. Is there an actual group of Willy Wonka books that explain this, or are they just pulling this out of their backside and saying, we can make nine bucks if we just make up a stupid story? I don't know if there are books. It sounds to me like they're just pulling it out of their backside. I don't want to know. Because you would have heard of this before. Isn't that part of the in, the intrigue of it? Like, you don't, I don't need to know, nor do I want to know. Willy Wonka was just this uber-eccentric guy who mm-hmm. owned a factory where little orange people mm-hmm. ran around singing and people could explode up like a grape and fall into rivers of chocolate and <laughs> in the end it was learning about yourself mm-hmm. and I uh, I don't know. Which character do you relate to the most? Mike TV? Oompa Loompas? Augustus Gloop? I don't think I really fit in in the Charlie of the Chocolate Factory ensemble of characters, Casey. I don't think there's really one who spends their day living about unjust taxation and, o- and an overreaching <laughs> government. I don't know which one that would be. Right. Uh, also trending this morning, MSNBC's uh, Morning Joe co-host. How do you say her last name? It's Mika Brzezinski? Jizinski. Jizinski? Uh, at okay. least that's how Rush used to say it. I think he was just mocking her, but I always just go with that as a tribute to Rush. Okay, well, she said yesterday that Joe Biden's staff needed to help with him because they're not simplifying his schedule and (laughs) ensuring that he doesn't fall. Yeah. She said it's their job to manage his schedule carefully. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. Let's listen. Carefully. Yeah, I think his staff needs to own his age. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they do a good job uh, helping out the president. And I'm not talking about it like I'm just saying if you are managing a president's schedule and you are managing a president getting on stage and getting off stage and doing getting on planes and getting off planes. And yes, he's 80. You need to be there for him and you need to make a pathway. And you sure as hell better make sure he doesn't fall on a sandbag. And I blame the staff for that. I mean, these are the things that are going to hurt him. These are things that are going to be played on a loop. Okay? Let him do his job. Let him do his speeches. Let him work on policy. Let him do his connections in Congress, unlike any president that we've seen, uh, I, I don't know, since Clinton. But my God. Make sure, you know, your Secret Service, you're his staff, that you were there and you're telling him what's next. And it's not because don't don't take this as, oh, he can't even get from one place to another. When you're busy and you're on stage and we've been on stage, I've done speeches and I'm so nervous. I'm doing the speech. I'm trying to get it right. And when it's done, I don't know which way to go. And I'm looking for direction. So do a better job because you can't have these video images of the president tripping or the president like going the wrong way it's not going to work in this presidency because his age is going to be a factor his age is going to be a factor and it's your job to make sure he gets from one place to another he can handle the presidency you have to handle his schedule and where he goes well so many things just so many things oh okay so let's start with this Mm -hmm. do you think each night joe scarborough (laughs) goes out on his lawn and just stares into the abyss, like looks up into the sky. This is why. And realizes why? that this is his life. Uh-huh. I mean, he chose this. Yeah. You know, remember Liar Liar where mm-hmm. he's like, why is this happening? And then, of course, he has to answer his own thing. I'm getting what I deserve. I'm reaping what I sow. Uh, that he, his life is he is married. Can you imagine mm. being married to her and every day having to come home 
to that. Okay, that, so that would, that would be my first thing. My, my second thing, mm-hmm. towards the end of my grandfather's life, and he lived to be well into his 90s, but there was a point where he was still capable of living on his own, but there was concern about him living on his own. Mm-hmm. And I remember having conversations like with my dad about how much we needed to be involved. But when we were saying like, when she's going on the thing about let him give his speeches, let him, except with my grandfather, it was like, let him cut his grass, mm-hmm. let him work in the yard. It's things you would think of with older, more feeble people but certainly that sort of analysis with our, our beloved senior citizens who are advanced in years, but not the person who's the president. Running the country. <laughs> Meeting with NATO members on the world stage. Uh, so she's saying that the staffers need to make sure he's taken care of. Should they walk up the stairs for him? <laughs> Should they ride the bike for him? Maybe they should just carry him out like in Weekend at Bernie's. Yes, just prompt him, <laughs> prop him up. I mean, should they read the teleprompter for him, full stop? Should they remember who is dead or alive for him? Christy, this is our country. I mean, it's not the staffer's responsibility. I just thought that was absolutely ridiculous. And she is using them as a total scapegoat when he looks foolish. All right. uh, Voicemails are next. And then coming up uh, towards the end of the hour, the Sanchez. Well, Sanchez will be with us. We got an action-packed half hour to go, Casey. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my answering machine. 317-684-8444. That is the phone number if you'd like to contribute. Questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever is on your mind today. We've got your voicemails with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Yeah, coming up here in just a moment, our good friend, the Sanchez. Phil Sanchez will be with us, and uh, we're going to have a spirited conversation. Hammer will, will join us for that as well. But in advance of that, before we get to voicemails, Hammer just flung open the door, came in here very aggressively and mm-hmm. said, I want a piece of this Willy Wonka action. <laughs> I want a piece of that. Uh, because we talked about last segment, they are uh-huh. apparently making a new Willy Wonka movie and it just sounds really stupid. It's called Wonka. <laughs> yes, go ahead. The floor is yours. So first of all, I think everybody by now knows my thoughts on Grandpa Joe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One of the worst pieces of crap that's ever walked God's green earth. <laughs> yeah, laying in bed, couldn't move around, couldn't hold a job, but as soon as they get the golden ticket, he's up on his feet. Right. Freeloading yeah. bum. Right. right. That's a Bernie Sanders supporter. Yeah. So, in a, aside from that here, I'm hoping that the new movie actually corrects something that was wrong in the book and the movie, oh. and they actually don't give the chocolate factory to Charlie, because Charlie doesn't deserve the chocolate factory. If you go character by character mm-hmm. of everybody in that movie here, you're going to find out that really, Charlie was one of the worst people there. All right, so Violet... Uh, Think about this for a second. What was the biggest problem that Violet had? She chewed gum and she kept it on her uh, bedpost. She would just re-chew gum constantly. Right, but why did she chew the gum in the movie? Because she didn't want the Oompa Loompas to do it. To me, that shows leadership. Okay. And if you think about it, in the movie, <laughs> Violet's old man is like a local politician slash sleazy used car salesman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that way- you Should got- be running Brownsburg. 
Exactly. <laughs> you give her the keys to the chocolate factory. Mm-hmm. You've got the unions on your side. You've got the media yeah. in your back pocket. You can get all the funding and zoning that you want taken <laughs> care of. You have a happy workforce. She's already proven that she's willing to step up and help out the Oompa Loompas here. Nice. And everybody else, you've got Charlie mm-hmm. and his degenerate grandpa. They told him, please, don't touch anything here. What do they do? They touch it right away. They almost die. Yep. That shows you how irresponsible this little jackass is. <laughs> You've got Mike TV. Mike TV's just, he doesn't deserve to be there, right? If you're more fascinated with watching TV than being in a place that has a damn chocolate river, mm-hmm. this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. You should be somewhere else at this time. Augustus Gloop, he's so fat, he's going to eat all your profits. Yeah. He's going to be dipping his hands, contaminating the chocolate river. <laughs> he's going to get diabetes. He's going to cost health insurance money. All things that are taken away from the profits of the chocolate factory. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what about Veruca Salt? She was the one who, I I want the goose that lays the golden egg, and I want it now. She would cause a work shortage at the chocolate factory because she's such an unbearable witch. Okay. I've, I've, this is a very serious question because I've known you for almost 20 years now, and you've been so passionate about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory almost the entire time that I have known you. What happened to you as a small boy that led you in this? Like, why? Why is this your thing? I mean, anybody that's in any sort of low-level business class can tell you the person most qualified to lead that chocolate factory is Violet. Her offense was so small compared to what everybody else did in that chocolate factory. And it shows leadership. She's got the backing. She's got the pedigree. That should be her chocolate factory. But why are you so passionate about, like, what is... I mean, this has been your thing for almost the entire time I have known you. Why? What? What was there a moment? Like the first time you saw it? Was it a rewatch? I mean, what? Why you? Why have you long been so passionate about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Why have you been so passionate about going to Brownsburg meetings? Well, I, I care about my fellow man. I don't. Uh, I care about business. <laughs> I care about business. He wanted right? the golden ticket. Whatever makes you tick doesn't necessarily make somebody else tick. So but, I, I always thought the movie was incredibly flawed because it rewarded bad behavior. Yeah. Like, if that's what you want your kids to watch, fine. You might as well let them watch Goodfellas then, you know, because you're getting the same message. Oh, you can just do whatever you want, get away with it, spend a few years behind bars, bada bing, bada boom. You're in the witness protection program. Charlie might as well be, uh, you know, in the movie Goodfellas. Why is Willy Wonka so determined to name his heir? He seemed like a young guy. He was doing cartwheels and flips. It was like he was late in his late 30s. He was already trying to find his heir. He he was rushing it. I think he wanted to go out like Barry Sanders did with the Lions, right? <laughs> Your name is up there. You're the franchise. Everybody's going to remember you fondly. You had this amazing comeback. Yeah. It was like the Elvis special when he came back in yeah. the, the white jumpsuit. Everybody was happy. You want to go out on a high note. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, we do. I want to get to a voicemail, and then later on at 11 o'clock hour, we're going to get to more voicemails because we want to have time for a little back and forth with uh, Phil Sanchez because we got to talk to him about the uh, video he posted where he's in a tank top shaving, which is just... Uh, it's just a, a, an amazing video. That's so embarrassing. Um, but, so embarrassing. But I did want to play one voicemail before we go to mm-hmm. the break. Yeah. And remember yesterday, you and I were having a very spirited, deep conversation about is Scooby-Doo a superhero? Yes. And then Casey, out of left field, turned it oh, into no. a Dear Penthouse letter. <laughs> right. Uh, like, I still don't know how we went from you know point A to 
point B. Yeah. Like that was Casey letting us into her bedroom life. And uh, just, I mean, I feel sorry for any children who were listening during that segment. Might as well call you Willy Wonka. (laughs) You guys, you guys hung me out to dry on that too, by the way. I was just bringing up a point that, you know. We're talking about a Uh Scooby-Doo, a a, a superhero, and you turn it into an in-depth description of an adult act. You brought the Phil Florin, Florin, filth (laughs) to this conversation. That's all you, Missy. Uh, But we did get a call about uh, Casey inspired someone to... Uh, uh, To look it up. Yeah, to look it up. Good morning, (laughs) y'all. I had to. I Googled it. Yep. I Googled it. Gross. I, I now know what Scooby doing is. And oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Casey. No. I learn something new every day when I listen to this show. And Well, no, I, I'm not on my way to go buy a Halloween mask right now. <laughs> y'all, y'all have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Some long cold night, cold nights up in South Bend, apparently, huh, Casey? No, dude, that is, it's really disgusting, you know. And you knew about it, and you loved it. No, you I can't, can't get enough of it. No, I You're googled it. You're encouraging all of our listeners to look it up and do it. I'm surprised knew, you don't have an endorsement yet. I knew somebody would because they were curious. I knew somebody was going to look it up what it meant. But um, somebody else brought up a good point about Scooby Doo being a superhero: the sense of smell. Right. Another, another attribute. Casey, you derailed the, the whole Scooby-Doo conversation for us. We can't go back. We can't right. put that genie back in the bottle. You can try to pivot all you want, yeah. but this conversation got taken down a very dark place, mm-hmm. pun intended, mm-hmm. because of your reference. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, the most beautiful man in all of Indianapolis news, Phil Sanchez, will be with us. We're going to talk about uh, Phil's love for ruining baseball. We're going to talk about that video of him in the tank top shaving. It'll be a great time. You're listening to Kennelly Casey on 93 WIBC. <laughs> 1045 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. And joining us now on the drivehubler.com hotline, he is the most beautiful man in all of Indianapolis media, the great Phil Sanchez, the Sanchez. How are you, my friend? Pretty good, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Uh, so we're going to talk baseball in just a moment, but first I'm going to turn this over to Hammer because he's here and he desperately wants to discuss with you this video you posted on Twitter of you shaving in a tank top. Hammer, the floor is yours. That's not something dudes do. <laughs> Let me just make that clear right now, Phil. Yeah, we don't shave. That's not something dudes do. You don't make a video of yourself shaving in a tank top. No. First of all, as Alan said in The Hangover, that's a cute top. Where did you get that top? I didn't know they made those for men, but congratulations, you found one, Phil. And second tank of all, the, the picture, the video of you shaving the Phil Sanchez thirst trap... That's not what dudes do. I was this close, Phil, this close to countering with my own video where I'm shaving my butt. Oh, no. Was, was there a reason you did the video? Because, look, I mean, you're a very physically fit man. Everybody knows that. You sure. are the most beautiful man in Indianapolis media. But was there a reason you chose to do the video? Uh, well, whenever I, whenever I take time off, I always let my, my facial hair grow out. My wife loves it. It gives me a little bit of a break from having to shave every day. And, um, I don't know. I just, I I wanted to, what I was going to do was I was going to do pictures of like the progress, like, uh, go from beard to goatee to to stash. And then, and then I said, you know what, let me just, let me just make a video. So that's how that kind of unfolded. There was, there was no thirst trap intention behind it 
shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Bull crap. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Drew Blair has to put up with that, and I know Kylie Conway and Alexis, they have to say, oh, Phil, you're right. I'm not buying it. I know a thirst trap when I see one, and you pulled it off. Now, I have a question for you, because you, <laughs> you were originally going to join are, us. You know, you, I mean, I'm so glad that I decided to come on with you guys. <laughs> Hammer's so welcoming. So, you were originally going to join us in studio, and then you said, no, I got to stay home and take care of the kids. Uh-oh. I'm curious yeah. what Phil said. Like, are you like Mr. Mom? Are you Michael Keaton? What does the Phil Sanchez child care routine look like? Batting practice. <laughs> nice. Atta baby. Atta baby. Well, no, what happened was, here's what happened. Yeah, I was supposed to come on yesterday. My wife told me she had to work yesterday. She works um, at a boutique here in Plainfield. And um, she's she's part-time, so she works, you know, her days are sporadic. Um, says, all right, fine. And then she tells me, she also she also uh, coaches the cheer team here in town. She says, oh, we have cheer practice. So that leaves me with, with the little guy. So we decided to go have some batting practice, get some Dunkin' Donuts, and here I am. Have you got to the point in uh, teaching your young son the baseball where if somebody buzzes your tower or maybe throws behind him, how you slam the bat and you charge the mound? Have you got to that point yet? <laughs> Well, I mean, other than me doing it to him. Because no. <laughs> isn't there a video, and I think this is great, that because um, my dad this, did this to me at a young age. Now, he used to do it with a tennis ball. We're like, you're kind of putting it in high and tight on him to teach him how to turn and teach him how to, yeah. how to do it right. I nailed him a couple of weeks ago, yes. I nailed him, and he does not let me forget it. I, that was not intentional, but I have with a tennis ball before buzzed him inside yeah because i mean that's part of the game right so Dude, every dad that has done pitch you know like pitching against the kids you've dotted a few kids i've hit a bunch of kids before <laughs> you feel bad the first couple of times and as weird as it may be and phil you can back me up here you don't feel as bad when you hit your own kid yeah no I'm like get out of the way <laughs> <laughs> uh, phil sanchez our guest um so are you at the phase yet? Because, Hammer, I know this has happened to you. It happened to my dad. It happens to all dads who are very active in their kids' baseball, youth sports, et cetera, where you have just developed ty- – you are just tired arm guy. Have you developed that, or are you still capable of, of bringing it pretty good? Um, yeah. Well, we finished up um, – this is our last summer of, of coach pitch. So now we've transitioned into kid pitch. So now what I'm at is I'm, I'm actually pitching to him pretty hard, harder than I would have been during coach pitch. So, but uh, I, yeah, my arm is definitely, I mean, I'm older now, you know, I'm almost 44. So it's, I'm feeling it, man. My back is hurting. My hip hurts. Everything hurts. How have you remained such a youthful, good looking human at 44? Because I'm several years younger than you and I am nowhere near that level. What is your secret? I'm Puerto Rican and Italian, baby. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, he probably moisturizes after he does the shaving video as well. Yeah. I do not moisturize. Hi, Casey. Turns we on the young and the restless. You know, when, gets when, out when, the matching, um, you know, board shorts for the tank top. Puts some moisturizer mm-hmm. on. Turns on some Adele. Mm-hmm. That's how it is, isn't it, Phil? Yeah. When um, when I said I couldn't be there in studio, Casey, I said, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because Casey won't be able to see how good looking I am in person. I know. <laughs> it is true. true. Phil's a good looking man. Oh, no. I mean, there's I, I, I am totally envious and jealous of Phil maintaining his youthful beauty. And I say this, not just indie media, the best eyebrows in broadcasting, yeah. Phil Sanchez, <laughs> even at the national level, the brow game is strong with Phil. 
Well, th- that takes a lot of work, I'll be honest, okay? Because nobody wants to watch a guy with one eyebrow on TV. So, <laughs> now, do you do, you do it yourself? I would have if I didn't take care of these bad boys. Do you do it yourself, or do you have somebody, do you go to a professional? Like, my, oh. wife, my wife will look at me in the evening, one e- random evening, and go, your eyebrows are out of control, I'm fixing this. What do you do? Oh, there is a process. I'm a, I'm, a, and I'm an every two week guy. Uh, it's it's threading. It's waxing. It's a whole. It's almost like surgery every two weeks on my eyebrows. Casey's getting excited over here. All I'm of a sitting here watching the video over and over again that you guys talked about earlier of him shaving. And I'm I'm curious. You know, you got some tattoos there. You want to explain those? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a, I'm a tattoo guy. Um, I'm actually in the process of. Um, I had a half sleeve. I kind of got rid of half of it. I am uh, trying to go over it. I'm going to do a full sleeve, and that's all dedicated to my my wife and my kids. Um, it says uh, my kids' names, Mother. their birthdays. It says purpose. It's underneath. It says best of me, and I'm going to put my wife's name on my forearm and and uh, a couple of crosses and stuff. So it's going to be entirely dedicated to. Faith and family. So let's get into these new baseball rules, Phil. We are halfway, a little bit past halfway of the Major League Baseball season. The pitch clock's in play. The batter's got some time. There are these crazy new rules. You love this stuff. Briefly reset why you hate America. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny? We went to um, a Cardinals-Yankees game uh, about two weeks ago, and there's a lot of pressure with that pitch clock. Huh? It's the first time I've ever seen it live. I mean, it's like, you know, it starts counting down. I, I, I felt anxious watching it. Um, but it's, I feel, you know, I, as I said when I was in the studio last time, it's it's speeding up the game. And, again, the numbers, the numbers tell the story. More people are watching baseball this year. Isn't that what we want? And as I said to you last time, you say that I don't like it because you guys are traditionalists. I just want the game to grow, which is why I like it. I, I don't. I just nobody has time anymore for for three and a half hours of baseball. The time is not that big of a difference, really. It's only down a handful of minutes here, so it's not like we're talking about an hour's worth of time. The problem that I have, Phil, specifically with the pitch clock, we can talk about the other rules all you want, but I'm looking at the amount of pitchers right now that have to go through Tommy John surgery. You're telling me now by speeding up the game making them throw faster more pitches throughout the game honestly i think you're shortening the career of a lot of our athletes right now max scherzer clayton kershaw these are not young dudes and now they're having to throw faster more often more pitches i'm telling you you're going to see a lot of pitchers complaining about this in years down the line that their careers were ruined by this thing so I hate America, and I'm ruining their arms. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. I mean, you're the one that said it. Yes. Maybe do a video where you're shaving talking about that. <laughs> you're seeing a whole team of, of doctors, aren't you? <laughs> Phil, don't you think, though, that it helps out with uh, people's shortened attention span these days if we get the pitches yes. off quicker? Yes. Yes. Casey, thank you. I think, thank I think you. it's two to three seconds more. <laughs> I think I think Phil and I are on the same side in regards yes. to this. You just like a shaving video. Than, <laughs> other than you two, in, uh, you and Hammer, uh, Rob Kendall, Jason Hammer, the only two in all of Indianapolis that want to sit through a three and a half hour baseball game. I, swear, I like baseball. I'm the bad guy here. <laughs> hey, Phil, real quick. One area where I think we all agree is the All-Star game has gotten stupid. Those jerseys are stupid. And it turns out this was the lowest watched all-star game ever 
It's terrible. I can't watch. I used to love. You guys remember when we were younger? The All Star Game was awesome. The Home Run Derby was cool. It was so much fun. I can't watch it. I haven't watched the All Star Game in years. And I know they've done a lot of stuff to kind of make it more interesting. And they have a red carpet and they try to make a whole weekend out of it and stuff like that. But it's just it's unwatchable. I I, could, I couldn't care less about the All Star Game. And the uniforms are awful too. Go back to the traditional. You know, you wear your uniform for your team, put a patch on it or something like that. Those things are awful. They look like. Like uh, softball jerseys, hundred like, percent. You know, like that men's softball jerseys. I agree with you, hundred percent on that. Would you agree that at least this year the home run derby was more exciting than the All Star game itself? Mm. And the All Star game had a fun ending, but the derby was fun. Yeah, no, the derby's good. I, I don't mind. The, I know the kids like the derby still, so that's cool. My my son was all into it, and his buddies were watching it, so that's cool. Um, I don't know. I get to just, you know, I'd rather them just, like, just not play. Just do the home run derby, do the draft, do the the Hall of Fame stuff. But I I don't need a game. He's a national treasure. He's a beautiful man. The The great Phil Sanchez. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Hammer. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC.